Welcome to Episode 9, Spiritual Darkness and Light, The Gospel According to Mental Illness. Last episode, I discussed what someone could do to help others suffering from the disease and how best to approach someone you suspect might have the disease. Today, I would like to approach the subject of spiritual survival when you suffer from the disease. Now, it is my hope that this particular subject can bring clarity to those who may never have suffered but are caring for someone who is suffering or to those who suffer and looking for some answers specifically in the world of spiritual development i stated many times how difficult it is to live with the to live the gospel with depression and bipolar and i have noted several conflicts that occur when the demands of the gospel conflict with the symptoms of the disease i've discussed in the past the idea of a blanket covering one's gospel testimony where the testimony still lives, but is inaccessible until treatment of the disease is able to lift the blanket. I've discussed the difficulty of competing emotions between the Spirit of the Lord and cycles of depression. Today I would like to approach the subject with a little more doctrine, personal insight, and understanding as to the mechanism that makes living the gospel so difficult. First, before I get started, well, before I get ahead of myself too far, I want to reiterate that treatment of the physical symptoms and the body is critical to the development of spiritual and testimony. If you fail to treat the symptoms and physical ramifications of the disease, you are unlikely to ever truly regain spiritual feelings in a development of testimony. This does not mean that you need to be completely whole before you re-engage in spiritual development but it does mean that you need to be firmly on that road. Now, on again, off again will not provide sufficient stability to allow for any real spiritual development. You need consistency and steady treatment as you work through the challenges brought on by the symptoms of the disease. You can begin re-engaging in your spiritual life and gospel testimony the moment you are firmly on the road. Now, just remember that things may progress on the road more slowly than you would like. And you may have a couple of stops and starts. Don't worry about the stops and the starts and any periods of rest. You might need a break once in a while, and that's okay. The Lord has said, don't run faster than you have strength. Just remember that it's still important to run. To run and even a jog works if that's all you can do. Now, speaking of spirituality, a testimony requires three things to survive. The first is correct knowledge and truth. The second is a witness through the Spirit, and the third is the ability to recall both the knowledge and the witness. Now, these three pillars are what is required to have daily personal revelation and a relationship with the Father. A testimony requires regular maintenance. Now, this maintenance really is building upon the foundation of knowledge and witnesses we have already received, diminishing study Prayer, partaking of the sacrament, activity to church, causes a blanketing effect on both new witnesses and the remembrance of previous witnesses. Now, all these witnesses remain with us, but become inaccessible. Without new or existing witnesses, a testimony can die, or better said, it goes dormant. Now, Alma talks about this effect in his sermon regarding the seed in Alma 32, it's basically starving our personal tree of life. We need spiritual nourishment regularly and consistency. 
consistently. The process of receiving and keeping a regular witness is the manner in which we become in nature like our Father in heaven. Now, a witness is a spiritual moment or combination of moments when the truth is reinforced through feelings and thoughts by the Spirit of the Lord. We need regular witnesses, both new and recalled, spiritual memories to be nourished. Now, we accomplish this by a daily dose of spiritual activities such as prayer, scripture study, pondering, asking questions, temple attendance, church attendance, and so forth. So why talk about the nature of spiritual development and testimony? Depression is a disease that imposes its dark and negative will upon feelings and thoughts, changing our realities and darkening our experiences. We have feelings in our bodies that are both initiated spiritually and physically through body chemistry, and they can influence our mood, motivations, and actions. More important is that they more important is that they, meaning the spiritual and physical, can influence each other as well. We spend a great deal of time talking in the church talking about the natural man inside of us, and these natural man feelings most often generate from our physical chemistry, and they influence our thoughts and our emotions, which can cause us to act in ways to fulfill those needs. The spiritual person inside of us, our spiritual motivations, uses similar pathways to influence our thoughts and emotions in positive spiritual ways. We refer to this most often as the light of Christ. The Spirit of the Lord, an outside spiritual force, works similar to the light of Christ, but is actually independent of the light of Christ. The conflict between these two forces, the natural man and the spirit, is the daily battle we face. Over time, natural man feelings and motivations that influence thought and action can generally be trained through spiritual forces to be used in appropriate ways. The spiritual influencing the natural and administering a measure of control. For almost everyone, this is a difficult battle, but it is manageable under normal physical, emotional, and psychological circumstances. This doesn't mean that there aren't variations that don't exist, but for the most part, Management of the physical chemistry can be accomplished through the spiritual. Now, speaking with the natural man forces, the Lord has said he gives these weaknesses so that man might be humble. And this is in Ether 12.27. And then he says that his grace is sufficient for all men who come unto him. What this means is that under normal mental and physical circumstances, men and women can learn to control the natural man inside of them through the grace of Jesus Christ. Now, this also means the same for those who suffer from mental illness, but there is a wrinkle, and it might be a very deep wrinkle, added to those who suffer with the disease. Depression is similar to turning up the volume on the natural man-induced emotions to the point that it overwhelms the spiritual voices. I can often remember the feeling of the chemistry of depression before my spiritual nature was overcome or overwhelmed by the disease. I began thinking, I feel like something's wrong. Is there something wrong? Has something happened? Why am I feeling this way? Life is going pretty well for me. Did I do something wrong? I would then begin to get lethargic, feel ominous as if something bad were going to happen or had happened, but I didn't know about it yet. So my current reality and spiritual feelings at this point 
had not yet been overwhelmed by the chemical changes in my body, but the effects could be felt very deeply. So a battle would begin to ensue between what I felt through my overactive physical emotions, the depression, which were ominous, dark, negative, and disparaging, and what I felt spiritually and could see as my reality, that overall life was pretty good. This battle, the disconnect between the overwhelming physical chemistry that is drifting ever further towards darkness and negativity and the more positive spiritual reality really feels like it's tearing your soul apart. I distinctly remember thinking, life is great, but feeling like the whole world had collapsed. I know that this might not make sense to someone who has never experienced clinical depression. And the only thing that I can even relate it to, in a, even in a minor form, is a movie experience where for a moment your physical state is transformed, let's say, into sadness as the movie envelops your senses. For a moment, you will, or moments, you will feel sad. But your reality is that life is pretty good overall for you. Now, your mind and body will correct this quickly as the disconnect is pretty distressing to the soul. However, in depression, the mind can't correct the reality disconnect between the negative and the positive. And as the depression gets stronger and deeper, eventually the darkness becomes the reality. Now, there are people who might say, can't you just pray or not think about it? Just push it out? Kind of a man-up approach. This works when the chemistry is malleable to the spirit and environmental effects of life but it does not when the mood chemistry of the body has gone haywire. No amount of pushing, pulling, no thinking or manning up does any manner of good. What I have learned is that the chemical mood mechanisms of the body are powerful when they run out of control or turn significantly higher than normal due to a disease. They can overwhelm the body and the spirit. And how do I know this? because I have actually been on both sides of the illness, meaning I have felt what it is to be very normal and what it is to have the disease. Now I can say without reserve that nothing compares to the feelings of despair, negativity, and worthlessness of mental illness. I told my wife repeatedly right after I had been healed that it was as if a raging swollen, swollen spring river were all of a sudden a clear, slow-moving stream. Now in your mind, just think of the difference between the two, the sounds, the pressure and power of a swollen river, the churning mud, floating trees. And then think of a calm, clear running stream. Most people live with the clear running stream that might once in a while turn a little higher or get a little spring runoff that's gone in a few days. Mental illness is a constant churning swollen river. That's the best reference I can give to give you an understanding. Now, I, I know that it sounds almost incredulous, but I know that it's real because I have experienced it. Depression somehow alters the chemical reality so that the chemistry overruns the emotional and motivational system of the body. And the spirit, true reality side, doesn't appear to be able to counteract it for very long. Eventually, the swollen river overruns the stream. Now, this doesn't mean that the spiritual influence is entirely overcome, but it does mean that not much makes it through. Depressed people can still 
feel the spirit at times and see some light. But what light or revelation that makes it through the muddy, swollen river doesn't often stay for very long. And the length of time that it does stay typically depends upon the depth and length of the depression cycle. So personal revelation represents a difficult, if not impossible, task for most people who are in depression. I discuss personal revelation as receiving a witness of truth, principles, doctrine, and so forth. Personal revelation is receiving inspiration with the attending witnesses. Communication from the Spirit, whether that's knowledge to accomplish a task, simply knowledge about any matter of truth, or both. And often it is both. We need this revelation from the Father for a very specific reason. Commandments and scriptural references and stories are quite general in their approach and can apply to a variety of choices and situations. However, general principles need to be applied to very specific, complex, individual situations. And we simply don't possess a book to tell us do this in this very specific situation, and sometimes even the same situation at different times may even require a slightly different book of responses. The Spirit is our personal guidebook as to how to apply the general stories and doctrine and the scriptures to those very complex individual situations we encounter in our lives. Depression acts like a thick buffer to those answers that you often most need to direct your life. We normally receive inspiration in our feelings and our thoughts through a still small voice. Still small voices can be heard when the stream is flowing gently, but when the river rages, even shouting may not work. Depression works to cause our feelings to be negative, doubtful, uncertain, and without motivation or what we might call faith. It literally causes communications from the Spirit to be cast into a river of negativity, negative, doubtful, fearful feelings, along with a lack of desire. Now, even if those communications make it through the river of doubt relatively unscathed, the reinforcing feelings are quickly overwhelmed by the consistency of the negative flow. Now, what this means for someone with depression is that they will question and doubt any type of inspiration they might receive. And then, even if the inspiration makes it through the river, they have no desire to act upon it. Now, I struggled even to read scriptures or to listen to conference talks, as I often didn't feel spiritual confirmations. I began to associate negative feelings with moments that should have been spiritual and positive. What I was able to receive as far as spiritual impressions were often removed by questions of doubt and despair, along with the attending lack of desire to act. So more often than not, I did the best I could without my emotions and attending spiritual witnesses. I couldn't trust my emotions and feelings, either on the depressed or mania side of the equation. On one side, all I could feel was doubt, and nothing felt right, and on the other side, everything felt right. My emotions were so often deceptive to me, that I didn't trust them at any time. I became what one might call a more rational, doctrinal member of the church. I trusted in doctrine and how principles should be applied to any situation from a more rational perspective. Now, over time, I did gain a firm testimony 
but because it was so often covered by the bulletproof blanket of depression, I spent a great deal of time more rationally thinking than I did feeling. And I believe the Father in Heaven understood this principle in me and aided my understanding of the gospel from a more doctrinal and rational perspective. The witnesses I did receive were often very strong so that the darkness could be penetrated and I could know and understand. The Lord also worked through repetition and other people so that I received what I needed. What all this means is that the Lord knew what I needed and he changed his methods of instruction to better suit my needs. I generally didn't feel and learn like most people did and I had to use different methods to understand the Lord and his desires for me. Now, this doesn't mean that I didn't face very difficult, dark days. And in the midst of those dark days, I doubt that I noticed how the Lord was helping and communicating to me. Because to me, it didn't feel like he was. I was very, I felt very alone, helpless, doubtful, and confused. But as I look back, I realized just how well he did protect me at times. And that he did speak to me, perhaps not in the way I was expecting it to come. I don't, don't think that I noticed it then as I do now looking back. So while I couldn't see his hand within the depression, it was always there. Someone who is depressed is not likely to receive revelation in the same manner as would a normally functioning person. Now that is very important to know and something I wish I had known. So what do you do when personal revelation is negated by clinical depression? The first thing to understand is that the Lord understands and that he can still work with you even within the depression. He will work more through your mind, the more rational, non-emotional side of you, and he will use other sources such as people you would trust. As far as personal revelation, the Lord can and will often use others to help you receive the revelation you need. I relied on several trusted people, but mostly my parents and my wife. I needed help and I trusted often that they could provide it. The Lord is very aware of the difficulties I face and you face, and he can provide other avenues of help if you're willing to listen. This doesn't mean that it will be easy, or that you will trust everything you hear. Obviously, depression causes a lack of trust in almost anything. But the disease by nature, I mean, the disease by its nature will cause you to doubt your feelings, thoughts, emotion, and inspiration and even other people. All I can say is that if you will petition your Father in Heaven, He will find a way to answer. I have found that because of the doubt that depression causes, I found that my answers were often repeated several times in different ways so that I could know it was from the Lord. I would hear an impression in my, in my thoughts, which would be in, reinforced by something I read, and then again reinforced by something my wife would say without prompting, and then again reinforced by something my parents would say or talk at church. The Lord knew what I needed and knew the weaknesses surrounding the depressions. So my answers were not going to be typical and they were going to need to be reinforced. Now, I'm going to diverge a little bit and explain something about depression that is my opinion, mine alone, and might be a little difficult for some to hear. But I believe that it's true and have experienced it in some ways. I've always felt that Lucifer and those who support him have a greater access to the soul when depression is present. Now, I know outwardly that seems wrong that the Lord will allow, would allow you to be entreated by evil when you are at your weakest. 
but my experience tells me that it's very real. It does make sense in some ways, I suppose. When we are fearful, doubtful, confused, unhappy, and overall miserable, Lucifer does have greater access to our thoughts and feelings. I know, well, he has a greater access to influence our thoughts and feelings. I know that it would be hard to see it when you are depressed, but it is important to understand this connection with Lucifer. If you can isolate your thoughts and feelings to him, you can at least separate yourself from them in some small form. It also helps others to know that his influence upon you can be greater when you are depressed. Now, I'm not saying you're possessed by his angels, but they do rejoice in your weakness and your, their ability to make you even more miserable. Sometimes just remembering this can help you in many situations. You can isolate nearly all of your negative thoughts and associate with him and his influence. Something else is very true about depression, and this dovetails into this conversation about Lucifer. The feelings of sin are very similar to depression, and it can be even hard to tell them apart. Lucifer will use this connection on a regular basis to bring to the surface every sin you have ever committed and condemn you for it. I know how hard it is to separate those feelings, and sometimes you simply can't. Identifying depression for what it is and understanding why you have the feelings you do can help you to avoid this mistake of saying, everything feels like sin, so what's the point worrying about it? I can't tell the difference anyway. I would also remember that the Lord doesn't consistently remind you of your sins in order that you might doubt your worthiness. His reminders have a tendency to be more loving, kind, and directed towards encouragement rather than destructive, discouraging, and disparaging. Be cautious of the influence of Lucifer and the desire towards worthlessness and hopelessness and giving into the feeling that it doesn't matter if you sin. That leads down the dark road of self-medication and even a darker road of difficult recovery. The tendency will be to self-medicate in almost any form that helps the chemicals to right themselves in your body, even for a few hours. This can be very damaging to the spirit and body and will often require more than simply treating the disease physically. Spiritual, spiritual damage will also have to be healed, and both the physical and spiritual will take more time. The one thing I can say is that the Lord is very merciful to those who have this disease, and he applies his grace often and regularly to those who ask. Now, as I have said in the past, I didn't end up down that self-medicating road very far at all but I have seen far too many who have. I certainly understand those who have, and I don't have any difficulty with providing ample mercy and forgiveness. The Lord understands your difficulty, and with it comes grace and mercy. So what can you do spiritually to help yourself when you have depression? Get diagnosed and get treatment. I mean, one that yeah, you do one you do get diagnosed with and treatment. When you do get treatment, rely on those around you to help you to see if you are getting better. Sometimes you can't see the differences in mood and action, but others often do. Now remember, you're living in a changing reality, and they are not. Their outward assessments can be helpful in understanding how well your treatment is going. Two, don't give up on spiritual things. This doesn't mean you have 
It doesn't mean when you, ha when you get depression, you have to attend the temple every day and read five chapters in the Book of Mormon every morning. This does mean that you keep reading and keep attending the temple, even when you really don't feel like it. While you may not be able to see how this is helping, I'm sure that others can. I've also noticed that while it may not feel, feel as though I am gaining spiritually, I am not slipping. And sometimes that's really all we need to be able to do. You will spend more effort trying not to falter and slip than most people will give effort in living the gospel. And the Lord will reward you for it. So your efforts might not feel like they're accomplishing much of anything. But they're really moving mountains. This means that you might only be able to attend church for sacrament. And sometimes you will be able to stay the whole time. You might read two chapters and learn something, and you might only be able to read a few verses. I know that the Lord will bless you for diligence, even if it feels like you accomplished nothing. The best analogy I can give is like paddling up a river. It's important to keep paddling just to stay where you are, rather than to give up and end up much farther downstream from your goal. Now, three, learn to lean on others when you need to for revelation and insight into your problems. Parents, leaders, spouse, children, even the neighbor can be helpful. Don't think that it has to be a member of the church. The Lord can really use anybody he sees fit to use. You just need to listen for it. Four, the Lord will use other methods to let you know what he wants of you. While you will still receive inspiration and revelation from him, excuse me, from him from time to time, as the fog in your brain clears a little, he can and will use other methods to help you. I've also noticed that he understands your concerns, so he will often repeat himself several times to help you see that he is asking you to do something or to learn something. Five, get a blessing. Use the priesthood regularly to help you with symptoms, both spiritual and physical. I mentioned, now I mentioned this in the last episode, but it bears repeating. There are individuals who would tell you that you only need one blessing, and then you must use your faith to obtain the blessings of that priesthood ordinance. Yes, it is true we need to use our faith to obtain the blessings of the priesthood ordinance. However, my personal experience is to get a blessing when things get tough. Don't worry so much about the one blessing rule. Use the priesthood to help you. My experience is the Lord has always blessed me when I have gone to the priesthood for a blessing to ease my symptoms. I think it shows humility and desire to obtain help. Besides, of the many times I have gone to the Lord for help from the priesthood, he's always responded and abundantly. Six, don't give up. I know things can look pretty dark sometimes, but little hope for the future. I have been in those moments and I entirely know what it, I entirely know what it feels like. Keep fighting for every inch of it, and the Lord will reward you. Some days you will just need to slow down, rest, and let yourself be okay with that. I am sure that the Lord completely understands. The dishes stay dirty one day. The laundry has to be pushed to tomorrow. You have to call on to work sick. Then do what you need to to keep yourself on the path and healthy. One day the Lord will look into your eyes, and he will show you that he understands, and you will feel that healing you so desire. Now, as always, remember the Lord requires the fight, and then he can do his part. 
May the Lord continue to bless you in your journey. Again, if you ever any, ever have any questions or would like to communicate, my email is my email is dtsocha at gmail.com. Now, next week, uh, it's my intent to address more personally the individuals who are in the midst of a deep depression. Provide what help I can. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next week.